I probably have my I should probably have my little Bible verse ready. for joining us at church today. Why don't you come down into the auditorium if you're in the foyer and stand to your feet as we pray or we enter praise.
on my heart that I feel like uh, some people may be need to hear, maybe not, but it's John 3, 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that, that's just insane to me, that he loved us so much that he sent his son, his one and only son, to die for us, to clear us of our sins. And why shouldn't we praise and worship that?
find me now Where the grace runs as deep as your skies You pulled me from the clay And set me on a rock You called me by your name And made my heart whole again Lifted up And my knees know it's all for your glory That I might sin With more reasons to sing than to fear You pull me from the clay And set me on a rock You call me by your name And made my heart whole again So here I stand, I am You're great.
forgiven and we're about to stay in this moment of worship we've actually got to come around the communion table this morning and got to remember what Jesus has done for each of us this morning so I invite you to grab your chairs feel free to open up your communion elements and church can you join me with a massive round of applause as we welcome up today's communion speaker Mark Robertson good morning church um, if you want to open your communion cups, because I know that takes a little while. <laughs> um, so most Sundays you'll find me hiding behind the, sign, the sound desk, um, which suits me because it's not up here. It's far away from the stage. Um, so when I was asked to do communion, the answer was easy. It was like, no way I'm getting up here. No chance. Um, and as soon as I did, I felt convicted really, really strongly. Um, and there was no way I was going to fight that. So I reluctantly said, yes, I'm going to do it. Um, and then sort of after that I walked away and was a little bit annoyed and a little bit sort of nervous and started 
started coming up with reasons why I shouldn't do it. You know, the things like, I don't know what to say. I don't like speaking in public. I'm not the right guy for the job. And over the next while, I just started getting annoyed and angry and it got to a point where I'm like, I've got to stop. This is not right. This is not right. So I sat, sort of sat there and said, all right, so what are the reasons I should? And there are many, many reasons I should. But I stopped at one. You know, Jesus died for me. He died for me so my sins are forgiven. And he died for me so I could have a relationship with God. And that changed everything. I sort of sat on that for a while um, and tried to feel the weight of it. You know, and because of that, because he died for me, because I have a relationship with God, I can stand up here today. Because I have that relationship. You know, it's the simplest little act that we do, eating and drinking the juice, to remember his sacrifice. And not only are we remembering, but we're also following God's instructions. It says in Luke 22, verses 19 and 20, And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out to you. You know, so we all go through difficulties. We struggle with many different things, some worse than others, but we all stand here holding these emblems. And as we do that, I ask you to remember what he did and try to feel the weight of that. If Jesus could lay down his life for you and, have, and give you a relationship with God, whatever you're going through is made a little easier because that, that sacrifice is an ultimate sacrifice. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice that was given. We thank you that because of that sacrifice, we have a relationship with you and that you are always with us. Lord, we remember now as we take these emblems that you love us so much. I pray, Father, that you guide us, strengthen us, and help us to live the lives you've planned for us. Thank you, Father. Amen. Uh, let's eat and drink together. And when you're done, please pass your cups to the end of the aisle. you've taken the communion, why don't you stand back to your feet as we enter back into worship.
feeling that there's someone in this room you need to know that God loves you this morning you need to know that you're forgiven that you're redeemed you're healed you're carrying around this burden like how could God love me after all I've done but I don't know who you are but you are loved Jesus made a way for you you belong in the kingdom of God So can we all pray together this morning? Father, thank you for the way you made a way with your son. Lord, thank you that in your name there is healing. Thank you, Father, that because of what you did on that cross, you made a way for each of us, Father. And Lord, for that person that's standing in this room this morning, Father, Lord, touch them with your love this morning. Let them know that they're redeemed, that they're a new creation because of what You did on the cross. That You loved us enough that You made a way, Father. That we don't have to live how we were, Father, but in You, there is a new life. We're called sons and daughters of the Most High and Living God. So Father, for all of us this morning, I ask for a fresh revelation of Your love. I say, Father, remind us of how much You love us. And Lord, break our hearts for those that don't yet know You. 
Help us to be a people that live on mission, that want to see others enter into a relationship with You, Father. Don't let our Christianity be something that we keep to ourselves, but let it be something that because of Your love, we can't help but share with other people, Father. Break our hearts for those that don't know You yet, Father. Activate us to go on mission. Lord, we stand here humble and we say thank You so much for Your love. Thank You for Your forgiveness and thank You for Your grace. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Can we give the band a round of applause? What an awesome job they did. Thank You so much, guys. That was unreal. Don't you just love it, church, when the Holy Spirit all of a sudden has a thread that's going through the service? I had no idea what Mark was going to talk about this morning, but before we go any further, can we give Mark a massive round of applause? You killed it, man. I had to laugh so much as he was retelling the story of that conversation because it was me who asked him, church, and put it this way. I said, hey, man, I want you to do communion. And Mark went dead silent on the phone. That never happens. And I thought, oh, Lord, have I misread this situation? And he goes to me, I really don't want to. And I said, well, you can say no, but he goes, no, I can't. The Holy Spirit said I have to say yes. So can we honour Mark for his obedience this morning? He did so well, man. I think we're in for a good service, church, eh? How's that sound? So for those of you who are wondering, who am I? Who's this Pentecostal dude in a shirt? I was going to make an Anglicostal joke here, but Pastor Charles has asked me not to, so I'm going to move on very quickly from that. But my name's Jordan. I'm part of the team here at Uni Hill Church. And welcome to not only if this is your first time in the room, but if you're joining us online as well, we are so thankful to have you be here with us this morning. And it's my sincere hope that this service not only blesses you, challenges you, but it actually draws you closer into a relationship with Jesus. Amen. So if this is your first time, out in the foyer as you would have come in, we have our cafe that's directly across the way, but you'll see three tables set up there with some banners on the side which say the word hub. So if this is your first time, either after the service, come down and see me, I'll be at the front here, or head out to the hub, because we love coffee in this church, amen? amen? So if this is your first time, you get a free coffee. How good does that sound? I feel like I'm on one of those adverts selling knives where it's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> You're not going to get a set of knives because that's not a church appropriate gift, even though someone from church once gave me a black samurai knife. So what did I do with that knife? I hear you say, send him a photo of me mucking around in the kitchen. Talisha turned to me and said, honey, put the knife down. I said, I'm sorry, my dear. I forget we have a child now. I've got to be a good, good representation to Deacon. But anyway, if this is your first time, we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to give you a coffee and we'd love to sort of let you know about Uni Hill Church, about what we believe, what we do and introduce you to some people. So if that is you, head out to the hub afterwards or come see me in the front. Does that sound all right? So one thing you will notice about this church is we have a lot of kids. How good is that? So guess what, kids? It's your time in the morning. All the parents said amen, but why don't we head out to Uni Hill Church, UHK, but everyone else, let's stand up and say hi to someone you haven't met before.
Alrighty, church, let's find our way back to our chairs. I know I always say this, but I love how talkative our church is. We love a conversation. I'm not going to lie, some of you probably love a conversation a little bit too much, but I'm not going to shout you out because my mother's sitting in the third row right now and I never say that about it. I have my mum was just, for everyone watching online, my mum was just holding something up at me. I think it was her car keys. Mum, are you giving me the Holden Commodore? Are we upgrading the Mazda 3? This is like an episode of Oprah. It's a cane toad. We can chat afterwards, Mum, about what's acceptable in the house. That's fine. No, I'm actually really excited for the next little bit of time we've got coming up at church because we've got a fair bit happening over February and March. We've actually got some exciting things. Who loved Vision Sunday last week with Pastor Charles where he was sort of talking about Kingdom Agenda and the vision? I love that he said the line, we're going to go for it this year. And who's excited to be going for it? Wendy Barlow is really excited for it. Which is good, thank you, Wendy. But it's after the last two and a half years, let's get it, church. Let's see the kingdom of God brought forth here as it is in heaven, kicking off with this announcement. Next slide, please, Mel. Kingdom Agenda Conference. A QR code's about to appear on the screen. So I give you permission now to pull out your phone if you haven't and to register. But great news, I did a bit of a registration check. We're now more than just the Chris Apulis and the Graham family. Where the Chris is the Graham family, a whole bunch of other families. So thank you so much for registering. This conference is going to be an incredible conference. The speakers that Pastor Charles has brought in this year truly are amazing, but they've been deliberately thought about. So Sheree Rice, Pastor Sheree Rice is coming to speak to us. Is a part of Numa Church in Richmond. She also is a former youth pastor of Lifehouse Church when I was there as well. And she has a gifting for evangelism. So Pastor Charles has on his heart to see us activated by practically hearing teachings and whatnot. So she's going to be speaking on the Friday and the Saturday morning, but then on the Sunday, uh, Saturday night, sorry, we have Pastor Sam Monk coming to speak. I'm very curious to hear what Pastor Sam has to say. His whole deal, he leads 44 different churches, but he has on his heart to see the Kingdom of God activated, amen. And he is a New Zealander, Wendy. We're not going to hold that against him because we welcome all our New Zealand brethren. I have to say that because my father's a New Zealander, so it's fine. But so if you haven't yet, can I please ask that you register for this conference? Now, the thing I wanted to quickly say as well, if money is an issue, we don't want money to be an issue for you. So either have a chat to myself, one of the other team members or the hub afterwards as well. And we'd love to actually work out a way that we can get you to the conference, amen. We've had a few people in our church that have had on their heart to actually cover registrations for other people as well. So if money is an issue, don't let it be. We want to see you encounter God, amen. Amen. So then, who was at the Wednesday night prayer meeting last Wednesday? Give me a wave. It was unreal. And I love how efficient our church is. I sent through a run sheet and I said, yeah, be done in about 45 minutes, knowing like it was a dream. You can all admit that. Then all of a sudden, Chris finishes his prayer at eight o'clock on the dot. And I looked around and said, man, Lord, I love this church. Look how efficient we are. But then the Holy Spirit said, keep praying. So as I'm walking up to the front of the stage, Pastor Charles goes, we're not closing this meeting. We keep praying. I thought, well, Lord, we did our best. So it's fine. But it was awesome. And there was such a hunger in the room for prayer, to see the Holy Spirit do something. And we actually have another prayer meeting happening this Wednesday morning online. But are you ready for the time, church? It's 6 a.m. in the morning. All the millennials in the room just looked at me and said, not a chance, Geordie. But let me tell you this, fellow millennials, 
when you get up early to pray, something totally shifts for the rest of your day. Why don't we give our Wednesdays to God? Why don't we gather together for 30 minutes online and see what He wants to do, amen? So if you want to join that prayer meeting, the details are all up on our website or once again, head out to the hub afterwards and the hub team will help you get there. But it's going to be an incredible time of prayer. So can I encourage you, church, if you're available, come to it. It's online, so if you're driving to work, you can put it on hands-free and join us as well, amen? Wow, I knew that one for my millennials would be like 6am, Geordie, have you lost your mind? No, it's fine. It's because I'm an early riser now, because I'm a father. Anyway, moving on. For our young adults, this may be a bit more in your wheelhouse. Next week, our 5pm service is finally back. Amen? Wow. Can we do better than that? Our 5pm service is back. So if you're a young adult, and I hate putting age brackets on it, but if you know you're too old for a young adult, you're too old. That's what I want to say. But we can't wait to see it back because we're actually mixing things up this year at the 5pm. I gathered with the leadership team a few weeks ago and I can't wait to see what God's going to do. So come along at 4.30 this time, young adults, but also bring $5 because we're going to have some Daniel approved food. It's most likely going to be soup or vegetables. Phil's going, that sounds awesome. Phil, I've been eating soup for a long time now and I'm getting over soup. But anyway, we push forward. So that's next Sunday evening, the 19th at 5pm. If you have any questions, see myself or see one of the other team members, it'll be great. Amen. Church, I told you we had a fair bit going. This is my last sort of what's happening. Are you all with me still this morning? Yes, three of you. Amen. And I've been told not to like be combative towards the congregation up here, so it's fine. You know, I love you all. But give me a wave if you have never been to a Uni Hill Church welcome lunch. Well, there's a few hands. A few hands. Well, well look, there's a... Mum, put your hand down. You've been here for too long. So the welcome lunch is coming up on Sunday, 12th of March. And if you've never been... What the Welcome Lunch is, it's a way that you get to meet Pastor Charles and April, hear a little bit about the heart of the church, hear from a few different department leaders, and we'd love to extend that invite to you if you've never been. So if you've been coming for a few months and been wondering whether or not you call Uni Hill Church home, can I invite you to come along? You are not only got to get a free feed, well, you are going to get a free feed. I was thinking, what else are you going to get with it? What's the extra? No, you've got to get a free feed, but you're also going to hear about the heart of this church. So who wants to come along to the welcome lunch that's never been before? Awesome, a few hands. Phil, have you been to one? Ladies and gentlemen, give Phil a round of applause. He will be at the welcome lunch. So that's Sunday the 12th of March. Feel free to jump on the website. Any other questions, once again, go to the hub or see one of myself or the team members after the service. But we've got to come around to time of giving now. And it was an interesting one as I was preparing my giving thought this week because I was having a conversation with someone from our congregation. We are chatting about the idea of stewardship, but they were talking about stewardship with their time. And I thought, hmm, that's an interesting term. I haven't heard stewardship explored for a little while on there. And he goes, yeah, it's the exact same principle of what we do with our money by putting God first. I thought, wow, what a succinct way to describe faithful stewardship. One of the ways that we can keep God first and foremost in our hearts is by stewarding what He's given us. We've all been given different things to various degrees as well, but much like our time, we can steward it in a kingdom agenda. Amen. So this morning, my simply thought is this. 
What is God speaking to you about in stewardship? And when was the last time we prayed on the idea of stewardship, not only with our time, but with our finances as well? We have a few different ways to give. We have on the screen, you'll see up on there, a text message number that you can message our website. We also have a giving box at the back on the back wall for those who are into cash and whatnot. But I'd love to pray for you all this morning, church. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the way you continue to bless us as a community, Lord. Father, help us to do the deep heart work of exploring all areas of our life and submitting them to you, Father. Lord, journey alongside us as we explore these harder topics and whatnot, and as we seek to put you first in everything we do, Father, whether it be our time, whether it be our finances, whether it be our families, doesn't matter, Lord. We want to put you first and foremost over everything. We love you so much, Heavenly Father. In your name, amen. Amen. So I'm very excited this morning to get to introduce a preacher. Now, he wasn't the original preacher I was going to be introducing, but he is, I'm not going to say a ring-in, but it shows his obedience as well to take the 11th hour phone call. Church, can we have a massive round of applause for Pastor Cal Ravel as he brings the word? No more jamming, guys. No more jamming. Toto, they're becoming secular. The anointing is out of the room. It's official. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate your time. And thanks for the opportunity to preach. Yes, I would call myself a ring-in. No problem. I am okay. I'm not insecure with that. I'm happy to be a ring-in. Don't be fooled with the title Pastor Cal. That's the thing that me and Geordie really have. He's just like, I'm going to call you Pastor Cal. I said, no, you can call me whatever you want. I'm just Cal. And um, anyway, I am part of the team at Uni Hill. And uh, so good to, to be here sharing the word with you and those who are joining us online as well. It's great um, to, to teach this. Yes, I, I was not set to preach. Um, Jasmine was, but then Charles gave me a call uh, yesterday and said, Cal, can you jump in there? And I said, that's fine, I'll do that. So there are two prayers that we need to pray. One for Jazz, that uh, God will completely heal her. God will bless her in this time. She's a woman of God. She is a student of the word and that is awesome. So let's just continue to pray for her. And number two, pray for me. Um, because you know what, I've got my notes in front of me, but this could go anywhere. And it's really interesting, actually, because um, I'm at the, God did a number this morning. I don't know where you guys were at, but God and me, we were just hanging out here. And it, it's like you, you mentioned a thread. There was a thread going on. Charlie, John 3.16, let's not get sick of that verse. Hello. It was just beautiful. And God just showed me back about you know, how, what he saved me from. And it just, it just messed with me. And, um, and I walked past my wife, Amy, and I thought, you know what, I don't want to preach this anymore. I feel like God's got something on my heart, but I will be faithful to the prep that I put in. Um, so we're going to go with this one. So open up your Bible. Um, if you want to read along, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to go. If you haven't got your Bible, we're going to put it up there on the screen. And we're going to be talking about one of Jesus' well-known parables. It's the parable of the sower. And, um, you know, at the start of this chapter, you'll read that Jesus is gaining popularity. There's a lot of people following after Jesus. There's something about Jesus. Ain't that true today? There's something about Jesus. The, 
magnetic personality of Jesus. And, and the crowd come along and there are so many people after Jesus that he can't even preach. There's no room to stand. So he gets on a boat and he says this parable and this is what he says. And like I said, we'll have up on the screen, he says from verse 3, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. You know, after Jesus spoke to this to the crowd, the crowd went away, he gets along with his disciples in private, and he basically gives the meaning of this parable, which is what we're going to do today. And because it's God's Word, I want him to speak, so I'm going to pray and uh, really uh, you know, give him the room to do what he wants to do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to open up your word. Your scripture is precious. Your scripture is sacred, but your scripture is also powerful. I really believe that it has the power to change lives. And I would ask, Father, that we would humble ourselves right now under the reading of your word, under the teaching of your word, that you would do something so beautiful in our hearts. We are open to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so let's look at this parable bit by bit. First, Jesus says the farmer sows the seed. The seed that was scattered refers to the Word of God. We are meant to be like faithful farmers scattering the seed, the message of the kingdom, so God's Word may grow in people's hearts and they may produce fruit. All right? And that's what the grounds represent in, in this parable, it's people's hearts. It's their receptivity to the gospel. And it's really interesting that when you read this story, there are four grounds going on here, four grounds of which the seed falls on. And yet only one of those grounds actually produced a wonderful crop. Same seed was planted and scattered on all four grounds, same seed, but only one of them bore fruit. Only one of them uh, produced life and sustained growth, which tells me that to bear fruit isn't solely dependent upon the effectiveness of the seed, but rather the condition of the soil. That really is what matters, okay? In other words, God's, uh, the gospel is powerful to change lives, but what's going to make the difference is where it lands. <laughs> what the soil is, the rich soil or the path, it all depends on the ground. And, uh, and that's the aspect I want to talk about today when it comes to this parable about the hearts and the receiving the word of God. Yes, we are like that farmer scattering the seed, and we are called to scatter that seed, Right? We're meant to preach the gospel. We're meant to let people know about Jesus. You know, Jesus started it and then us as his disciples are continuing the work that he started. But what I want to focus on today, I want to zero in on the heart factor, like the word that is planted. Which, uh, what's the state of your heart? What's, what ground are you? When you look at this, this, uh, this parable, I want you to think about what ground am I? Now, ideally, it'd be ground number four, right? The good soil, that's the one that produced fruit. Who does not want to bear fruit in their life? Okay, even God wants us to bear fruit. Jesus says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. God wants to bear fruit in your life. I want him to bear fruit in my life. And I'm sure that you're the same. 
So I, I would like to think they were ground number four, right? But let's be honest. Sometimes, if we're not careful, sometimes our heart gets a little bit hard. Sometimes our heart gets a little bit dry. Some things come into our life and creep into our life that stops us from being fruitful. Now, the idea is to become, you know, ground number four, and I'll talk about that later on. But the good thing about this parable is it forces us and encourages us to assess our own hearts and where we are with God. You know, we can be a Christian for many, many years. We can go to church day, week in, week out. We can go to a connect group. We can do the dance. We, we can wear the label, I'm a Christian. But sometimes our heart is not always pure. Our heart is not good soil. So that's what I'm going to look today. And I'm going to pray that God will speak to us with regards to this. So we're going to go through the parable one by one. And we'll look at what each of those uh, grounds are, okay, and how it can be applied to us. Okay, ground number one, the path. Jesus says that uh, as the farmer scattered the seeds, some fell on the path and the birds came and snatched away their seed. And Jesus explains that the birds that ate the seed is like Satan coming and snatching away the word that was sown. Now, the reason why it was so easy for the enemy to come and snatch the seed is because the seed fell on path it didn't fall on soil there was no soil if there was soil the, the word would germinate and spring to life but because it didn't have any soil it was just path it never took effect and you know what that's what some people's hearts are like you know the word comes to them but they refuse to let it have any effect in their life right and for these people it doesn't matter how well you you explain the gospel, how well you articulate the gospel or what you say. They just don't want to know. Do you know people like that? I've got family members like that. And they say, you know what, Cal, this God stuff, that's good for you, but not for me. Thank you, but no thanks. Bye-bye. And it's like, seriously? And maybe you got family members like that. Maybe you got friends like that. Maybe you got work colleagues like that. They know that you're a believer in Jesus. You want to witness, but it's almost like whatever you say does not get through. You know why? Because they don't want to know. So in that situation, what do you do? You know, and because it breaks your heart, you want to know Jesus, but what do you do? Can I tell you what you do? My suggestion is leave them, hand them over to God, let him do what only he can do. He has to be the one that changes their hearts. Amen? God's the one that does the spiritual work, not us. Where his hands and feet, where his vessel, he's the one that does the work. So you just hand them over to him. You, see, pray, you keep praying for them. Uh, you serve them with the love of Christ. You make yourself available. But in the end of the day, you leave them to God. Because if we don't, other, what we're going to do, we're going to be trying to think of new ways and, and clever ways to try and present the gospel and get in there. And we're trying to convince them of something they don't want to be convinced of. They're not ready. Their heart is not good soil. They're just not ready. And so if we try to convince them of something they don't want to be convinced of, it's like taking that seed and throwing it on the path. And then the, those, those birds come and just snatch it away. That's a waste of good seed. Don't get that seed and throw it on the path. You sow that in good soil. And if the soil is not soil but it's actually a path, don't waste it. So that's what some people are about when it comes to this parable. And, and obviously I, I believe this is not talking about believers, it's talking about unbelievers. But the application for us is simply, let's be wise in how we sow. Pray for those people 
at work, your colleagues, your family members who don't know God, pray for them, intercede. We're in the middle of a 21-day prayer and fasting. That's a great opportunity to intercede for people who don't know Christ. And you pray that God will soften their heart and hopefully one day they will. And you'll be sowing that seed and there'll be fruit and we'll all rejoice together. But until then, just hand them over to God. So that is ground number one. Ground number two is seed falling in rocky places. Now in this parable, uh, we see that this ground was shallow. right? didn't have much soil, but it did have some. And because it had some soil, when the seed was planted and fell on it, it sprung to life quickly. But when the sun beat down, the plant withered because it had no root. And Jesus said, this is like someone who receives the word with joy. But when the fiery trials and persecution comes, they don't survive because their roots are not deep. Right? I have met so many people like this. I've had the honour of uh, pastoring uh, a couple of churches and uh, the amount of people who fall into this category is staggering to me in the sense that they hear the gospel, they get excited, they say, yes, I'm all for Jesus and, and I get excited too. And I say, man, here, here. I put a Bible into their hands saying, read that, get to know God, get planted into a church. We want to help you in your new relationship with God. This is going to be awesome. They're excited, you're excited. And they say, you know what, I am going to be here next week. I love this place. Next week comes, guess what? They ain't there. And I'm there going, that is just weird. Like they were willing to do anything to get there and now they don't turn up. So I'll get on the phone just to check in, just to see everything's okay. And they say the same thing, I kid you not. They say, oh, look, so sorry, Cal. I was planning on coming. It's just that I had a massive week. Things went down at work. It's been really tough. I'm just not up to coming today. I'm sorry. But you know what? Next week. I'm going to be there next week. You can count on it. Next week comes, they don't turn. The week after that, they don't show. The week after that, they don't show. Now I'm on the phone. I'm thinking, what's going on? I'm trying to call to them. They don't even answer my calls. They don't return my calls. I'm texting. They don't text. It's like they've fallen off the face of the planet. I said, this is absolutely nuts. What's going on? One moment they were so excited, they were all in. Next minute, they're falling away. What's going on? And maybe in that situation, a couple of things were happening. Maybe, firstly, they just got caught up in the moment. Emotionalism. Maybe they just got caught up in the hype. But when the emotion wore off, maybe they went back to the way things were. Or maybe, and this is a big one in the body of Christ, maybe they didn't count the cost before they said yes to Jesus. Jesus talks a lot about counting the cost. If you don't call, count the cost, there are going to be tough times coming into your life. You're at risk of falling away because you don't have deep roots. You've got to count the cost. Jesus talks about counting the cost. All right? He basically says, if you want to follow me, you've got to lay down everything. Are you prepared to do this? Are you prepared to walk the line? Are you prepared to follow me? Jesus puts it out there, and I think we need to do the same. I, my heart breaks when I see church pastors in the body of Christ, usually in the West, in you know, Western church, who don't give people the full gospel. They don't give people the full they, they water it down. They want to please the people. They make it just an easy sell because they want the churches to grow 
And they don't want to offend anybody. But you know what? When I read the Bible, Jesus offended a lot of people. He didn't lower the bar. He says, this is what's required to follow me. You're going to have life and it's going to be awesome. But are you prepared to lay it down? It's about counting the cost. If you don't count the cost, you're going to have shallow faith. And God is not calling us to have shallow faith. He wants His people to have deep roots. So when the trials and, and, and persecution comes, we'll be able to stand. But if you've got shallow roots, like this uh, parable, like the plan, it's just going to wither away. So we need to make sure that we have deep faith. Our roots must be deep. And one important thing I see that's going to help us uh, help people grow in God, amongst other things, there's a lot of things here, but one of the things that's really important is the commitment to His Word. Okay, more than ever, the church needs to hold on to God's Word, receive it, live it, believe it, stand firm on it, because you know what? These are crazy times. These are absolute crazy times, and we do not want people to fall away. So we need to hold true to His Word. Very, very crucial. We've got to go deeper into His Word. Uh, in fact, here at Uni Hill, you know, we've been sensing lately that God is calling us to go deeper into His Word. Like we, we get this stirring. Um, you heard you know, Pastor Charles last week give his vision talk and uh, he talked about the kingdom agenda and part of that is knowing your calling, living out mission, but one of them is also going deeper into God's Word. Like He is really stirring us up and I think this is what the church needs to, uh, to be doing. And uh, so because we believe it's important, Charles, Jasmine, myself, we've been getting together. We've been planning what we call a deeper course that will be kicking off in March. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Where we come together, we get disciple, we're going deep in God's Word. We'd love as many people to go through it. It's not going to be a massive commitment in the sense that we're going to have four three-week blocks. We're going to have three weeks in Term 1, three weeks in Term 2, Term 3, Term 4. So not a lot. But we would love as many people to go through this because your life is going to be transformed. You're going to get a love for God's Word like you've never had before. It will not be a burden. Right now I'm thinking of 1 John where he says that God's commands are not burdensome. It's not. God's commands give life. Okay, so we've got to go deeper. And um, like I said, the purpose is to grow in our discipleship, um, not simply to gain Bible knowledge, but to actually know Him through His Word and be fully equipped. So we'll be doing that in March, and I'm sure that Charles or Jasmine will tell you a little bit more in the coming weeks about what that will look like, so keep your ears out for that. But hey, let's get serious about the Word of God. Let's go deep. We don't want shallow Christianity. Who's sick of shallow Christianity? God is going to do a work, and He will do a work at Uni Hill Church, but it must be a commitment to the Word of God. So let's get serious. Amen? Amen. All right, that is ground number two. Let's go to ground number three in the parable. It is the thorns. This is where I believe, unfortunately, many Christians find themselves. There's soil, but amongst that soil is thorns. And the ground is the seed falling among the thorns. The plants start to spring to life, but the life was choked before it had a chance to bear fruit. And Jesus says that this ground is like the person who hears the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And there are three things that Jesus mentions here that stops us from bearing fruit. I want us to take note of this because I guarantee every one of us will want to bear fruit. Amen. 
Show of hands, who wants to bear fruit? Good, I'm speaking to everybody. Awesome. These are three things that I see in Scripture that Jesus points out that's going to stop you from being fruitful. Okay, the three things. I might have it up on the screen there. No, the worries of life is the first thing that he talks about. Now, when Jesus talks about the worries of life, I think he's talking about worry that's associated with needs, like important things, things like family, things like job security, things like health. These are important things. Okay, and I can understand why people would worry about those things. Let's be real for a second. You've got a family member who's got this illness they're suffering through. I can understand why people would worry about that. Or if you've got bills that need to be paid but you haven't got the finances there or you're trying to find work or maybe a loved one has walked away from God and become a prodigal, that breaks the heart of any parent who wants their children to walk in the Lord. You can understand why people would worry about those very important things. So God knows, Jesus knows, but at the same time, he says, do not worry. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, Jesus makes it clear. He says, do not be worry about what you will eat or what you will wear. How many know that's important? Their needs he's talking about. He says, don't even worry about your needs because God, your heavenly Father, knows what you need and he's going to look after you. And he goes, talks about the, you know, the, the birds of the air. He, he looks after them. He's going to look after you, his child. So Jesus says, do not worry about those things, please. Worry is crippling. It is debilitating. And Jesus knows that and he came to give them life, not to live in this place of worry. So he says, don't worry. But the cool thing about Jesus is that he doesn't leave it there. He gives an alternative. He says, don't worry. Instead, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, these needs will be met. How awesome is that? Seek first the kingdom, kingdom agenda. Hello. Seek first the kingdom above everything else. And God promises those needs that often we worry about will be taken care of. This is God's promise to us. And that's good news. Of course, it's easier said than done. It's easy to preach it, harder, harder to live it. And that's why it takes faith. And that's why it takes courage to intentionally focus. It's about, it's about shifting your focus. That's what it is, isn't it? It's about saying, I'm going to intentionally, as an act of the will, I am going to look to heaven. I am going to seek God in his kingdom. Because if we don't, that worry is going to cripple us and get the better of us. It's not that we don't deny what we're going through. We acknowledge it before God, but we know he's greater and we look to him. It's about shifting your focus. It's about perspective. The worries of this world, get rid of them. And then you talk about the deceitfulness of wealth as the second thing. Right? This is about perspective as well. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6 that we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. And as Jordy said, be good stewards and resources of what God has given us and be content with that, the Scripture says, but don't let it become an idol because it will choke the life out of you and stop you from being fruitful. And the third thing there that Jesus says we need to avoid is the desire for other things. I think he's talking about worldly things. Okay. We can't be chasing after things of this world. They are dead, they are empty, and they only lead to death. Amen. We need to, as a Christ follower, who are now in debt to Lord Jesus and he's our saviour and we're in the kingdom, we don't live like that anymore. We don't go chasing after the things of this world anymore. It's not going to produce life in you. The Bible says the spirit and the flesh are at war with one another. 
Okay, you can't try and please your carnal self or your desires and try to please God and his desires at the same time. It just won't work. It just won't work. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, Paul says, Romans 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's about, it's about intentionality. It's about changing your perspective. All right? Fix your minds on heaven, not on earthly things. That's what's going to produce life in your life. Fruit in your life, sorry. So it's a desire of worldly things, deceitfulness of wealth and the worries of life that's going to choke the life out of the word that's planted in you and stop you from being fruitful. So if you want to bear fruit in the kingdom of God, you've got to get rid of these things. All right? I love the church. I love his people. And I just want to be truthful enough to say, this will not work for you. You've got to repent. You've got to turn from them. Some of you might be struggling with this. Some of you might be struggling with the, the worries of this life. Some of you might be struggling with the deceitfulness of wealth. And that's become an idol in your life. Some of you are so in the world, it's almost hard to distinguish you as a Christ follower to everybody else. And you've got to be careful with that. But if you want to be fruitful in the kingdom, get rid of that, fix your eyes towards heaven and give God all the thanks. Yeah. All right, ground number four, we're nearly there. This is the good soil. This is the stuff that we really need, amen? Jesus says in verse 8, as I see in the screen there, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60 and some 100 times. So the kingdom seed, even though it looks small, if planted in the right soil, it will have great effect. Right? See, it's about the soil. It's about the soil. That's why our hearts need to be like the good soil because when you have good soil, things tend to grow. Yeah? Yeah, some time ago at the front of our house, uh, Amy and I, we had a, a veggie patch. Could not grow a thing absolutely pointless doing it. We, we had these grand plans and we thought this is going to be fantastic. We have no idea whether it was too hot, not enough shade, doing the wrong things. I don't know, but nothing grew. There was one thing that actually did start to grow. I don't think it continued to grow, but it started to grow. We're really happy about that. It was these little pumpkins, these little butternut pumpkins. They were so cute. And... You know, I thought, wow, this is so cool. This is great. I took the camera out my phone. I go, wow, I showed Amy. This is great. They started to blossom and, and bloom. I thought, we're going to have a pumpkin patch. This is cool. But then I looked closely and I noticed that the, the roots were starting to come out of the ground. Now, I'm not a green thumb, but I know that roots aren't meant to do that. They're meant to go downwards, under, not up, right? So I'm thinking, what is, is going on here? And then I look closer and I realised that the dirt there had become dry. It become hard. And I thought, gee, I know what I need to do. I need to loosen the soil because it makes it so much easier for the roots to spread out in the rest of the soil and grow deep. And in the same way, we need to make sure our hearts are like the good soil. Not let it get dry or hard, but keep it rich and fertile. And uh, so our roots can grow deep and strong and where God can produce fruit in our life. 
and a wonderful crop. And how do we do that? Well, two quick things. <clears throat> Guard your heart. This is how you keep your heart like the good soil. Guard it with all that you have. Proverbs 4, guard your heart above all else, it says, for it's the wellspring of life. Okay, not allow things to come into your life like the worries of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, bitterness, unforgiveness. You've got to not let that get in there. You've got to guard your heart with everything. And the second thing that's going to help us have good soil is stay humble, stay teachable. All right, allow... God to do what he needs to do to grow fruit in your life. If it means pruning, let him prune. It's uncomfortable. No one likes it. But man, it's going to bear, you're going to bear fruit, right? It's going to produce fruit in you. Say, God, cut things away. Strip things away from me that don't belong there. I don't want that. I want, to be, I want you. I want you, to, I want you to turn me and shape me and transform me into the image of your son. And if I'm not looking like Jesus, then I need it gone. <laughs> So we need to be humble. We need to be teachable. And a prideful heart will always resist the Word of God, but a humble heart will always, always receive the Word of God. Have a humble heart. And you'll find that those who are humble will not just listen to the Word, won't just receive the Word, but they will actually do what the Word says. They will live out the Word. That's what a humble person in God does. Saying, Lord God, you've given me this instruction. You're my master. I'm your servant. I'm going to go. I'm going to live this out. We need to live out the word of God. It's going to make the biggest difference in your life. In fact, I'll finish with these words of Jesus. Dan, if you can come. Jesus gave another parable. And I think it's very pertinent to that point. And that is, he said, if anybody hears my words and puts them into practice, actually does what, they, what I say. It's like a person who builds a, a house. And when the storms and the winds beat against that house, the house will stand. Okay, it'll stand strong. But if anybody hears my words but does not do what it says, it's like someone who builds a house on sand, not rock, on sand. So when the, the winds and the storms beat against that house, what's going to happen to the house? It's going to collapse. That's the difference between someone who just listens to the Word and someone who actually does it. Okay, God is calling us to obey Him. God is calling us to not just receive the Word, but live it out. And when that happens, you'll be blessed. When the storms come, you'll be able to stand because you're taking seriously the Word of God. Amen. It all starts though with good soil, a humble heart, a heart that wants to chase after Jesus, a heart that wants to surrender to Him. God loves that. God loves a a heart like that. He's thinking, I can use this person. I can bear my spirit in that person. I can bring fruit into that person's life. So what's your heart like today? That's my question to you. Do you want to produce a great crop? Well, jump on the back of Pastor Jordan. 2023 is going to be an awesome year of growth. I, I, I just, I sense that. I, look, I know people at the start of the year, they always say that. <laughs> it's going to be, God's doing a new thing. It's going to be, yeah, okay, I get that. But there's a little shift in my spirit. I, I don't know what it is. And I know with all lockdowns, like, man, when can we really, 
You know, you heard Pastor Charles, it's like, I'm ready to just do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm going to go nuts, you know. I thought, yeah, okay, we have to rein him back in. Thanks, Charles. But maybe a lot of us don't need to rein him in. We need to join him. God is going to do something wonderful in this church. We're in the middle, in the middle of a... 21 days of prayer and fasting and God's doing wonderful things. We've had the prayer night, as we said, Wednesday night and God showed up and it was just wonderful. Um, We're just going to be pressing in to God, more of Him this year. We want to see more people come to faith. We want to see more people baptised. We want to see more people discipled and getting in love with Jesus and going out and being a light into the world. Don't you want to be part of that? Well, it comes with a commitment, guys. You need to make a commitment. I need to make a commitment together. So if you know and love Jesus, I want to encourage you to come on this journey. It's going to be really good. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Growth very rarely is easy. But my gosh, you're going to see fruit. We are going to see fruit. That's for people who do know and love Jesus. How about those who don't know Jesus? Maybe there's some people in this room today. And you haven't yet put your faith in Jesus. Maybe someone invited you along. I don't know your story. Maybe you just walked in through that door and you've been kind of sussing things out and you've been hearing that we have an incredible God that loves you. But you know that I haven't actually lived a life after God's own heart. I've been rebellious. I've been sinful. But that's cool because God made a way through His Son, Jesus. He sent His Son Jesus to die on that cross to pay for your sin, your punishment. He took that on in His body on the cross. He was crucified. He was buried. On the third day, He rose again. If anybody puts their faith in Jesus for what He did on the cross and say yes to Him to turn from their sin and go after Him, the Bible says you become a child of God. Part of that is baptism. It's identifying yourself with the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. As Jesus was crucified on the cross, we too are crucifying the flesh. We say no more of the old way of life. No more running away from God. I've decided to run to God. So I'm going to say no to the past. That's dead and that's buried. And just as Jesus was buried, we bury the old life in the waters of baptism. It's so powerful. But then the cool thing is just as the Spirit raised Jesus Christ to life, God raises us up by His Spirit to fill us and to live a life after Jesus. That's the power of baptism. It's the power of new life. And the cool thing is we just have to be humble and say, Lord God, if that's what it means to buy me back, if that's what it means to get me back into the family, I'm all in. Jesus, I thank You. I so thank You that You gave Your life for me. I don't deserve it, but I so need it. I turn from my sin and I put my trust in You. Help me to do that. If you are, if that fits your description and God's doing a stirring in your heart, Can I get you to come and talk to me? I'll just be hanging around here at the end of the service. I love to tell, you know, speak the gospel to you. Or if you want to do it now, let's do it. Let's do it, actually. I'll lead you in a prayer. I just really feel like this is a really good moment. So how about we just bow our heads? And just in the quietness. 
just want you to pour out your heart to God. And church, we're going to pray together. If there's someone in this room and you want to give your life to Jesus, we're all going to pray this prayer together. Kind of put words to their deepest desires and that's to put their faith in Jesus. So let's all pray together. Let's say, Dear Jesus, I thank you you love me. I thank you you gave your life for me. I thank you you died on the cross. You were buried, but you rose again for my justification. I repent of my sin. I put my faith in you. And I ask you to guide me and live with me for the rest of my life. Thank you for doing this, Lord. Today is a new day. And I will worship you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Hey, let's stand to our feet. Let's worship our great God as we close. This is an awesome song. Let's just sing it with all our heart. Praise Jesus. Amen. Father, go before us this week. Allow our hearts to be the good soil so you can do a work within us, Lord. Guide us as we leave this place this morning, Father. Let the message that we just heard from Pastor Cal permeate deep in our hearts. Stretch us this week, Father. Where there is hard hearts, we ask that you soften them.
where there is perhaps seeds that have fallen on hard ground, we pray that those seeds actually push through and germinate. Transform us to be more like you, Lord. Go before us in everything we put our hands to this week, Lord. We love you so much, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the way you're shaping us. Thank you for the way, Holy Spirit, you're with us. Empower us, strengthen us to do the good things to which you've called us to. Let 2023 be a year of change. Let the winds of the new wind flow, Father. Let what's been before pass, Father, and let what's new take a root in our hearts. In your precious and holy name, Amen. Amen, church. Well, go have a great rest of your week. Coffee is there as well. Quickly before we go, if anyone does want prayer, myself and Pastor Caleb at the front, we'd love to pray for you after service, but have a blessed week. Thank you all very much.